freedom 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 over fame freedom over cycle stays the same welcome first of all welcome this is unsolicited perspectives i am your host bruce anthony thank you for listening and watching wherever you get your podcast and video podcasts subscribe share like comment and rate us you can find us on instagram youtube and twitch at unsolicited underscore perspectives on twitter and tiktok at unsolicited underscore per watch us live every thursday night 7 30 p.m eastern on youtube and twitch our audience continues to grow with each and every episode and i humbly thank you on today's episode i'll be interviewing rick clemens he's a professional life and entrepreneurial coach. We're going to be talking about the LGBT plus community, entrepreneurship, and coming out. But first things first. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Bruce Anthony here, and welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Perspectives. Today, I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind lately, the importance of staying hydrated and taking care of ourselves. Whether it's prioritizing our health and wellness or gearing up for festival seasons or just gearing up for whatever season or time of year, there's one brand that's been my go-to for all things hydration, Liquid IV. Speaking of health and wellness, let's dive into how Liquid IV can fuel your well-being. Imagine starting your day off right, feeling refreshed and energized. Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier is the missing piece in your daily routine. With just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. It's perfect for those early mornings, pre-workout boosts, moments when you're just feeling run down, or even after a late night or long flights. I absolutely love how convenient Liquid IV is. The packaging makes it easy to bring with me wherever I go. And let me tell you, it's become vital daily part of my routine. The flavors, <laughs> let me tell you something, they're incredible. From refreshing sea berry and strawberry lemonade to classics like lemon lime and watermelon, there's a flavor for every preference. It's like a burst of hydration with a hint of deliciousness. Picture this. One stick of liquid IV mixed in 16 ounces of water, hydrating you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. And with 12 mouth water and flavors, you'll never get bored with your hydration routine. Plus, liquid IV is packed with five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course, vitamin C. It's also made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. This is hydration at its finest, but it doesn't stop there. Liquid IV believes that access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. That's why they partner with leading organizations finding innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. It's incredible to know that Liquid IV has already donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. They truly walk the talk. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code unsolicited at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code unsolicited at liquidiv.com. Remember, folks, taking care of ourselves should always be a priority. So why wait? Head over to liquidiv.com, pick your favorite flavors, and experience hydration like never before. Stay refreshed, stay hydrated and keep rocking those unsolicited perspectives.
So like I said, I'll be interviewing Rick Clemens. Rick is a certified professional life and entrepreneurial coach. He specializes in late in life coming out, sexuality and LGBTQ plus uh, life and entrepreneurship. Uh, he has two podcasts that he does, Life Uncloseted and 40 Plus Gay Men Gay Talk. He's also an author. Frankly, my dear, I'm gay. A late blooming guy to coming out. So I'm really excited. Everybody knows how much of an advocate I try to be for the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, to my knowledge, I have not interviewed anybody in that community yet. To my knowledge, or the sole purpose of, of the interview had nothing to do with their sexuality, gender, things of that nature. So I'm going to be specifically talking to Rick about the LGBT plus community. Uh, people coming out. He helps them with his coaching um, and being uncloseted. Uncloseted doesn't have to mean specifically being a part of the LGBTQ uh, plus community. Sometimes it's just, you're at the job that you hate and you're miserable in life and you just don't realize it, but you're stuck in a closet. So he helps coach people out of that stuff. But that's enough of me rambling, enough of me diddly-daddling, as my sister says that I love to use that expression now. I'm going to start using it a lot more. But let's get to the interview. I'm here with Rick Clemens, author, podcaster, coach and father. Rick, thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation and hopefully, you know, giving your audience some, some inspiration and guidance on how they can truly be who they want to be in the world. I think that's important. Finding out who you are in the world. It's a journey that uh, never ends. I'm just turned mm -hmm. 43 and I'm, and I'm still evolving. I feel like oh, if you're, you're a not, baby. You're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my sister. I'm in this weird area where I'm not young anymore, but I'm right. not old. I'm just mm -hmm. there. Right. Uh, but enough about me. Let's get to you. So sure. can you share with me and my audience your personal journey of coming out and how it inspired you to become uh, a coach and an advocate for the LGBTQ plus community? Sure. I, I actually came out at 36, officially came out at 36 um, after being married for 13 years to a really lovely woman. I have two biological daughters. Of course, they're now young adults themselves. And, mm -hmm. um, I had gone back in the closet at 19. I had told my parents I was gay or thought I was gay. I wasn't like convinced at that point. I knew I had these same sex attractions and all that sort of stuff. Yet I wasn't ready. I mean, to be really honest, man, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't strong enough to be myself. I had some religious beliefs hovering over me saying I was going to hell and all these sort of things. And so I did what I needed to do. I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's be who everybody else expects me to be. And I actually feel very blessed by that because had I come out, that would have been 1981, 82, sometime in that range. I mm -hmm. probably wouldn't be having this conversation with you because it was at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. I was very right. naive sexually and everything. So mm -hmm. I probably would have done some stupid stuff and then, you know, knock on wood, praise God, all that stuff. I, I'm here. Right. And um, even though there was a lot of pain that came at 36 and breaking up a, a family and, 
and all that. As the movie title says, the kids are all right. They're great. Mm -hmm. My daughters are amazing, lovely, young, open-minded women. Um, my ex-wife and I had a pretty good relationship for quite a few years and then other things got in the way. And I wouldn't say we have a horrible relationship, but just, we don't have any reason to interact. So, right. um, but, um, it guided me to this because I realized there's a lot of this pain going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And when I started getting that itch, like we do at 40 some years old, been there, done that man, <laughs> um, <laughs> to go something else. I need something else. I had already been exposed to coaching. I'd had a couple of coaches myself and the message kept being, you need to be a coach. You need to be a coach. You need to be mm -hmm. a coach. And I finally took the risk when I got laid off at my last job. I'm like, okay, we're going to go do it. And that's what kind of was the inspiration. And I'm very blessed from 2006 to present day. I've had a thriving coaching practice. I actually coach for another company as well as their lead coach. And I'm just, I, I love what I get to do. And I get mm -hmm. to impact lives and get to not only help people come out of the closet, but I help people come out of whatever closet it is in their life that they're trying to come out of. That's pretty cool. I want to backtrack a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you said that you came out previously and then went back into the closet because you said you were unsure. Uh, that's the first that that I've heard of something like that. Um, I, one of my I'm not going to out my family, but she's out. Uh, my favorite aunt is gay. And I, and I talked mm -hmm. to her all the time and I said, when did you know? And she was like, I knew when I was eight, nine years old in the back of the station wagon, looking at the women as we were leaving the beach. Like I mm -hmm. knew, but I was like, you also like dated guys. Yes. It was the seventies and early eighties. That's kind of what you did. So you yep. said you came out, went back in. When did you know? Okay. I'm definitely gay because you obviously you got married and you had daughter. Right. Yep. There's going to be people, there's going to be people that, that those people that argue, oh, this, it's all a choice. This, they're not born this way, which we obviously know that that's not the case. But no, it's not the case at all. When, when did you say to yourself, I'm ready to be my authentic self? Well, it was, a, it was all there all along. I mean, right. I knew at seven or eight years old that I was attracted to men. Right. But I was being held back by a belief system. So when I exactly. say I, I kind of, uh, you know, went back in, I, you know, I was unsure. I was unsure of the way forward because I had all these mm. people telling me I was going to hell and everything. Yeah. This is what I'm not proud of. Even as I moved into that space and got married, I was never faithful. I was never mm. faithful because I was trying to survive. And some mm -hmm. people say, you're an asshole. Okay, I'm an asshole. I'm, I, I will own that badge, right? Right. But until you've stood in this asshole's shoes, please kindly rethink what you're thinking of me because there's torture. There's demons within you that's like, this isn't who I am, but I'm putting on this front. And so to mm -hmm. your question, when I decided that it was like I couldn't do this anymore mm -hmm. was at 36 when I, and I had a unique experience with a guy in London and it actually didn't involve any sex. It was like mm. we spent the night together, mm -hmm. but there was a deeper connection. There was that thing that everybody says they want in a relationship, right? Oh, I right. want connection. I want that intimacy, but it doesn't have to be wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am or sir. And <laughs> uh -huh. that's exactly what didn't happen. It did not happen. In fact, when I speak about this on stage, I use this line. So that was the night that there was no sex. I fell in love and mm. I fell apart. 
mm. because I didn't know what to do with it. Didn't know what but to do with it. But that was also the moment that I realized, you know what? This is my, this is, this is my North Star. I mm. finally can see something beyond the sneaking around, the hooking up, all this stuff. I can see that there's more to this. And that was the moment that I'm like, okay, I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be rough. It's going to be hard. But if I don't do this now, when am I going to do this? Right. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh, so your work focuses on individuals embracing their authenticity yep. and living unapologetically. I really Absolutely. love that. Uh, what are your, what are some common challenges people face when it comes to embracing their true selves and how do you guide them through this process? Well, the biggest thing of embracing your true self is you got to get the noise out of your head from everybody else. Yeah. You got to quit living by everybody else's expectations. And whether it's coming out of the closet about your sexuality or saying, Hey, I want to start a podcast, but people are going to think I'm crazy or I'm going to leave my job because I want to go do something that has more meaning. There's mm-hmm. always going to be somebody that's throwing shade at you. It's just yes. going to happen, right? Yes. So the first step, and I, I've done this thousands of times as a coach at this point, is you got to let go of everybody else's expectations. Mm. You got to start living by your own. Now, your own expectations are going to have some shade and gray around them too, because you've been embedded. Our DNA as a human has been embedded by what everybody else expects. So we got to, the first thing I usually work with them on is like, let's start building what you expect. What are your values? What are your beliefs? What's important to you? Right. And of course, then the next thing that usually go, well, that sounds really selfish. No, no, no. <laughs> there is no thing as selfish. It's self-care. It's self-care. I know yeah. some people listening have probably heard that, but that's, that's a common, that's a really, really common thread right there. Okay. Uh, and, and I love living unapologetically. So that's what you're talking about when you're saying self-care, like you can't focus on, I I talk to my friends and people close to me all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started this podcast and they say, what do people say? I don't care what they say. Like that Mm -hmm. doesn't matter to me. Uh, because I can't live my existence for other people. I have to live my existence for me. So, uh, like I dig that being unapologetic and it, I, but it's also tough for people to to reconcile with that because it is selfish, but mm-hmm. it's self-care. And sometimes you have to be selfish to take care of yourself. Yes, but there's a difference, at least from my perspective, there's a difference of <clears throat> being unapologetic and telling everybody to go screw. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. total different unapologetic way of being in the world. Right. Then there's the, I'm going to be unapologetically who I am, and I'm going to invite you into my world to play with me in my world in this way. And if that doesn't work for you, that's okay. Then that just means we're not meant to like work together. We're not meant to be in this space together. Right. When I work with individuals, guys coming out of the closet, one of the groups I absolutely won't work with is a guy who does show up like, okay, this is all about me. I've given her the house. She's got the car. She's got the kids she wanted. She has the vacation homes, all this sort of stuff. It's my time. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get it. It is, quote, your time. Mm -hmm. But my line is I help men in midlife come out of the closet with dignity and respect for themselves and others. And if the dignity and respect isn't in there, and I know because I stumbled over this man, (laughs) I stumbled over it many, many times going through this journey. I realized every time I approached it from a place of dignity and respect, it was a whole lot smoother. Every time I was flying the bird at somebody like, screw you, you go and just accept me the way. 
uh, we got nowhere. Right. So being unapologetic in my mind is being unapologetic in your pursuit of what you want for you, provided it doesn't physically or emotionally, and this is the emotion one is kind of funky, physically or emotionally hurt somebody else. Hmm. There's nothing I'm going to do as a gay man that actually can physically hurt or emotionally hurt you. Just because I'm gay shouldn't affect your emotions. If you've got emotions right. around that, that's kind of That's your you. problem. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I always operate in that space because I think it's important to realize I don't want to be a SOB. Right. I want to say, here I am. I want you to be who you are. And if I can't be with you being who you are, then we're probably not meant to be in, in any kind of relationship together. I'm going to still respect right. that that's who you want to be. Right. But there's going to, you know, we could go into a whole realm of stuff that we don't need to on this <laughs> podcast with the way of the world these days. But, um, you know, I think that's part of what is polarizing us as a planet right now is it's either you're this way and this is the way you're meant to be. Otherwise, you're not worthy. And that's part of the messaging that we in the LGBTQ community get all the time. You're not worthy. Hmm. Yeah. No, that is unfortunately uh, the way of the world. People that listen to my podcast absolutely know where I stand on all of that stuff. Uh, well, so. I mean, let's let's just call it what it is. You are a man of color. So you totally mm -hmm. get so much of what I'm saying right now. You yes, are, I do. You know, you're told this is the way you're supposed to fit and where you're supposed to be. And it's just, it's frustrating. And so I love it when I get the opportunity to be in a space like this with someone just like you, where mm -hmm. we're both in the marginalized space. Yes. The difference is I can go walk down the street. And other than I'm a kind of a big guy, the only mm -hmm. thing I, anybody's going to ever figure out is he's a bald, big guy. So I might be right. kind of a stocky fat guy. So that might be the thing they pick up on. Nobody mm -hmm. knows I'm gay unless I tell them. So that right. little thing doesn't even show up. You cannot do that because you're a man of color. And that to right. me is where it's the, where the BS starts to show up. But I want you to right. be apologetically who you are in the color of your skin. And I think right. that's where everything gets messy. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with somebody just being who they are? There's nothing you're doing, man. Being who you are. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, and to harp on, to, to piggyback on some of the stuff that you're saying, I say often on this podcast and in my personal life, uh, I'm a heterosexual, cis, black male, right? Yep. I don't have the understanding of being in the LGBTQ plus community because I'm not of that community. But Although I don't have understanding, what I can always have is empathy for another person's struggle or plight. Yep. And being a black man, I can at least identify with that and be an advocate for anybody who's marginalized. So for all my listeners who hear this almost every single episode, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to continue yeah, on to do this. And, and, and this is the reason why I have guests like Rick on here to, to, piggyback off of things that I am saying and to give you guys a glimpse into another person's life that saying pretty much similar things that I'm saying mm -hmm. um, and just get you to listen. But we're we're detouring. We're detouring. It's OK. Uh, let's, let's keep going here. So you have something that that it's I don't know if it's a slogan or or uh just something that you just commonly say, but why is coming out everyone's journey in life? Because everybody's got a closet. 
everybody's got closets they're hiding in, whether it's like, okay, I don't want anybody to know that, you know, I'm a closet eater. I don't want anybody to know that mm-hmm. I'm really miserable sitting in the corner office here making millions of dollars a year. Uh, some people are going to be miserable in their relationship and they're just not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a closet and everybody's got a coming out journey. And you've got to admit that before you can move forward. All of right. us have been in crappy relationships. So let's use that as the example. But we tolerate, we tolerate, we tolerate. And a lot of people tolerate and they don't ever, they don't even share this stuff with people. Right. That's their closet. And that's okay. why I feel like everybody's got a coming out journey. If they choose to embark upon it and come out and be truthful about it and move through and, and go live their life on their terms. Can some people sometimes not realize that they're mm-hmm. in a closet? How do you, one, I guess they, if they're coming to you, they know that they're in a closet that they have to come out of. Uh, can people have multiple closets that Absolutely. you as a coach? So are there times where people come to you and like, this is a closet I need help to come out of. And then in, in your coaching, you say, well, you got some other closets too that, uh, that you might not be aware of. There are these as well. Uh, like, how do you approach a client that has multiple closets that they're not even aware of? So probably the best way is just to demonstrate, like, you know, I'll have a client come to me, a gay guy that's already out of the closet. Mm -hmm. He's not coming to come out of the closet, but he's struggling. Like, I really need to do something that makes me feel passionate and purposeful in my life. But then the next words out of his mouth are, well, but I'm an attorney and I've got this house and, you know, I I, I go on these great vacations, but I just don't feel fulfilled. I'm not going to say, oh, well, that's your closet. But I, that's what I'm already thinking. Like your closet is all these accoutrements that make life work for you, which are great. Mm-hmm. It's part of what brings him joy. The thing that he's hiding is that he's miserable. The thing that he won't talk about with others in public is that for everything that everybody else looks at him and goes, oh, look what you have, look what you have, look what you have, look who you da, 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 da. There's nothing in there fulfilling to him. Mm-hmm. So in... The metaphor, his closet is the fulfillment, the lack of fulfillment, the lack of happiness, Mm -hmm. the lack of being able to see a pathway forward. And so in that particular client's case, we created a pathway forward. And it was an amazing journey to watch him, you know, give up some stuff, big stuff, move out of being a, a, a partner in a law firm, go do work that made him feel alive and passionate. And he's absolutely freaking thriving. And he's almost to the point, and this has been a couple of years, he's almost to the point of making as much money as he was uh, being a partner, but he has a whole new outlook on life. He sees things, he's embracing other things, he's finding his pathway forward. So the closet can be just about anything and the journey can be just about anything, but Mm -hmm. helping a client see something they're not seeing, that's what people have said to me a lot. Like you have a unique knack for like uncovering that. And helping mm-hmm. me see it without going here, idiot. <laughs> right. This is right. why you're doing what you're doing. So you brought up something earlier um, with your personal story about coming out and mm-hmm. religion. And I, I know, and a lot of people out there know, there's a lot of shame and guilt regarding homosexuality and religious belief systems can can be deeply ingrained in a lot of individuals who are absolutely a part of the LGBTQ plus community. How do you help people release these negative emotions and find sense of self-acceptance and peace with the fact that they've grown up with these religious beliefs and these religious beliefs are telling them that 
that they're wrong? Mm -hmm. How do they, how do they, how do you help people gain that acceptance? Start by looking at what's causing the fear. Mm -hmm. Where is that fear and acceptance emanating from? It could be a belief. You know, the typical one is you're going to go to hell. You're never going to have eternal life. My question to them is, do you believe that there is eternal life? Do you believe that there's something beyond here? Because what I want to get to, and I, and they'll, they'll answer the question. I'm like, okay, but I think you missed the question. Do you believe, you know, how I did that. Uh, the first time I said, do you believe there is eternal life? And oh yeah, okay. Okay, great. Now I'm going to ask you the question again. Do you, mm -hmm. you believe based on what you actually know, what you value, do you believe these things to be true? Because what I'm trying to start doing is get them into their own value set. They may say, yes, I do believe. Okay, great. So if you do believe those things to be true and you do believe that God is a loving and just God, do you really think he would do this to you? Do you really think he would say, I created you in my own image and then tell you, but you're not good enough. Bye-bye. Right. Because what I'm trying to really shift is start to get them thinking in a different realm. And my different realm came on a beach in Laguna Beach, California, I was drunk as a skunk and I was questioning. I was already out. I was living on my own. I was having my kids every couple of days doing that back and forth thing. And I wasn't for a guy who was getting lots of booty calls before he came out. I wasn't getting nobody. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> be successful in the dating world. I didn't want to be a big hoe. And I was right. like, okay, there's got to be something better than this, right? And I was, I had just come from the bar, and that wasn't really my thing either. I mean, I love going and have a good cocktail, but I was spending way too much time in the bars. I'm like, this isn't uh -huh. really who I am. And I came home. I lived literally right across from the gay beach in Laguna Beach, and it was dark. And I'm like, okay, I'm drunk. I'm just going to sit by the beach. And I had this moment where I'm like, and if you know what, God, if this really isn't who I'm supposed to be, then take me out. Mm. I fell asleep on the beach mm -hmm. and I woke up with ocean water pouring over me the next morning. And I thought, you know what? I guess he's, he says I'm still good. Hmm. And that wow. was when I restarted my relationship with God. Okay. Because I know there's something greater than myself. That's mm -hmm. my belief. Right. I know that there's something beyond this. I don't know, have anything to base it on, but I just, that's my belief. You have faith. That's what, yeah, I have faith. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I'm a practice, I'm a practicing Buddhist and I, I will go to church in certain churches, but I don't sit, I don't relegate myself to a religion. Let's just say that. Okay. All right. I relegate myself to a spiritual practice and a higher belief system that says there's more to this. And so when I'm working with a client, if they're grounded in their faith, I'm going to help them stay grounded in their faith and make that faith work for them. Most of the time, they'll find another faith that's aligned, but one that embraces that you are who you are and God made you in his image and he loves you and we're going to move you forward. But it's all about unpacking and unraveling the belief systems that are actually causing them more damage. That's dope. Quit being born with your lazy ass, just eating dinner and watching TV every night. We're going to change it up tonight. Next time, pull out a Wongo puzzle and enjoy the conversation and fun that happens when people puzzle together. Wongo is a perfect balance of good challenge without being so hard you stop talking to each other and leave your family forever. I know I'm close to that almost every time me and my family get together. Trust me, once you try Wongo, you'll never go back to that boring, old-ass jigsaw puzzle. 
They are 100% wooden pieces so they'll last forever. Each piece is hand drawn so no two pieces are the same and you'll discover some fun whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box which is perfect for storage and gifting. With stunning designs and unique shape, Wango puzzles are a cut above the rest. I love doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have to worry about it being on the table for a week. Well, not on the table, on the floor. And definitely not for a week because crypto would mess it up. So what are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code unsolicited to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use code unsolicited to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. So, Rick, you brought up earlier in the first segment that that you officially, officially came out at 37. So uh, it was later in life. Yep. Um, a midlife crisis often triggers a desire for change and rebirth. Yep. How can individuals approaching a midlife embrace this transformative period and use it as an opportunity to live, as you say, more authentically and unapologetically? realize this is happening and this is such a coachy thing and I hate that I'm going to say it, but I love it. This is happening for you. It's not happening to you. And that was a huge thing for me to embrace. So I came out 36, six years, six years later, 36, yeah, six, seven years later. Um, I got laid off. This was the second layoff in five years that I'd gone through. Cause I'm a really bad hire. I'm just going to say it. I'm not, really <laughs> but I got laid off. I was in a big technology space and I got laid off and literally the second layoff said, well, we need to let you go. Cause we don't have money. And we know you're the one, you're the guy on the team that we know you're just going to bounce back. And, and I'm like, I've heard this before. I'm so sick of hearing this. And then I embraced, okay, this is happening for me so that I can go do my own thing. My coming out was happening for me so I could be more me. I've had two strokes. Those strokes have happened for me mm -hmm. to be better to myself. Mm -hmm. Now, can I live that every day? Hell no. <laughs> there are days it's hard <laughs> to do that, right? Right, right. But I want to invite you to look at what's happening for you and go, What's the dream you have? What's the thing you want to do most? What What is the lesson in this? There's always a lesson. There's all, I mean, right. my last stroke, I thought, cool, I sailed through that one too. And then it kind of whipped me up a little bit. I'm, I'm great, but I'm like, wow, I see the deficits that I didn't used to see. But I'm like, okay, well, what are the lessons? Start enjoying life. Start doing the things you want to do. Get the dang book done, Rick. You know, there's all these other things. I got a second book coming out that, you know, hey, let's keep this going. And that, so those are the lessons I've learned from having these hiccups in the road. Okay. Um, I guess this, you've answered this question, but it was still curious to see if there was one specific thing. What are your greatest regrets and lessons from being a late blooming gay man and entrepreneur, because mm. as you said, you were laid off and now you've got podcasts, you're, you, you've written a book, you're ready to start your second book. Probably the reason why you weren't a great hire is because you're better working for yourself. Mm -hmm. So what was, what is, or was some of your greatest regrets just being a late bloomer? From a entrepreneurial perspective, 
my greatest regret was not sensing that within me sooner. I never thought my dad was had his own business, wasn't the greatest businessman. So I think there was some DNA built into my my socializing that I'm like, dad can't run a business. This is ridiculous. I didn't want to have all these headaches, right? Right. But then when I started seeing what I could do, and then suddenly here we are, you know, I've been pretty, pretty successful in my own right. I, I, that would be a regret that I didn't unpack that sooner, but here's where the tie-in comes in. I had to come out first to realize the power of me. And so the power of me and the power of me becoming an entrepreneur and everything was buried under Rick being the hidden gay man. As soon as I came out, I'm like, well, what else can I do? Right. Mm-hmm. It didn't literally come out that way, but suddenly in that moment, sitting in the car after I just walked out of the office with all my stuff, um, in fact, it was kind of tragic. I literally came back from vacation, walked in Monday morning. They're like, we love you. We think you're great. You were the third employee hired, but we know you're going to be the guy and, and we need to cut some costs. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. You know, but as I sat there in my car, I'm like, okay, this is my wake up call. I was ready. And I think that's the thing is allowing myself to be intuitive enough to know when I was ready. That was a regret, but I don't know that I could have made it happen any sooner. I have no regrets about coming out later in life as a gay man. What would I have got? A little more <laughs> a little more hookups in my life? I don't know. I'm very blessed that I met an amazing guy. We've now been together 22 years. I don't know that I would have been ready to do that when I was 19. Mm-hmm. My maturity and my readiness as a gay man to navigate that world wasn't there. Especially at that time I'm a period. Pretty good catch. I mean, I was married for 13 years and now 22. So you know, right. I've been long-term relationship guy for 25 odd years now. So right, and also coming out later gave mm-hmm. you two blessings in your daughters. Yep. So if if you hadn't come out later and you came out earlier, you in a different world in the multiverse, you wouldn't yeah. have your two daughters. Yeah, they're, um, blessing, they're blessings, but they're pain in the ass too. But you know, let's just be I real know. about it. Any- <laughs> I don't have any kids, but I know my parents tell me all the time that I was a pain in the ass. It is. What I it love is. them dearly, but there are moments and they know, they know, hear me talk about this on podcast. I'm like, I love them, but man, there's days, but uh, no, they're good kids. So this is interesting because you were married uh, and then you came out and, I, and obviously the marriage ended. How do you tell your daughters about your authentic self and how does that go over? Well, they were really young when all this happened. So my youngest was 18 months old. My um, oldest was almost six. Okay. Six year old was obviously much more devastated. Like, what do you mean mommy and daddy aren't together? The youngest one, she, she was, didn't know anything. And that, and that, you know, going back to the regrets, that is probably one of my biggest regrets is that my youngest daughter has no recollection of mom and dad ever being together. She'll never, Mm. she'll never be able to grasp that. But I also feel like she's amazing because of that. And if you were to ask them how I show my authenticity and teach them about it is living and breathing it as best as I can each and every day. They are the most open-minded strong, willing to listen and be empathetic, but they're going to stand up for what they believe in. Two young ladies, I I mean, I know I'm their parent, but I see that. And I feel like because they got raised in this mixed 
you know, family environment, like many people who get divorces, but you know, you add the being gay and two gay dads and a straight single mom. Um, and then now moms remarry. There's, there's just some beauty in that you do this by proving and showing them on a daily basis. And again, I'm not perfect, but I've actually heard them both say, you know, dad shows who he is unapologetically every day and he doesn't shy away from it. That's dope. I really think that's dope. Uh, so you're not only a coach for helping people out uh, of whatever closet that they're in, you're yep. also an entrepreneurial coach. Um, as an entrepreneurial coach, what unique challenges do people in the LGBTQ plus community face when coming out in the business world? And how do they navigate those challenges and, and still build successful businesses while staying think- true to who they are? I know that was a big, that was a lot. That's no, it's a great question. I love that question because it is, it is a lot, but there's actually a huge tie in here. Okay. Whatever tripped you up coming out in your sexuality, gender identity, whatever that is, you know, bisexual, gay, straight, lesbian, you know, any of that, any of that stuff that's in our lovely alphabet of the LGBTQ, whatever tripped you up is probably going to trip you up on being an entrepreneur. It's probably going to trip you up on being out at work. Because there's a pebble in the shoe, so to speak, or in the high heel, whatever you, you know, whoever you are, you're going to have a pebble in that shoe that is going to show up at the times that you least expect it. Oh, should I, should I talk about my husband? Should I talk about somebody I'm dating? Should I say I'm going on an all gay vacation? Should I not say that? (laughs) Did I accidentally go, oh girl, you know, (laughs) it's, you know, (laughs) it's like there's shame. So it's uh, oh, part of okay. how is it going to show up now as a business owner? Yes, there's a whole nother layer because you like you're in business interactions all day long. So one of my favorite and it was, wasn't a business interaction, but I because I was an entrepreneur, I, I had a lot of freedom in my workday. So I would volunteer at my daughter's my daughter's elementary school. It was me and all the moms. I was behind the scenes helping them do stuff. I was building sets for school plays, all this sort of stuff. But the very first time I volunteered was in a classroom. And so here we are, me, the moms are in there as a pod that all the classrooms were connected to. We're in the middle of the pod, cutting up stuff and all this stuff. And the woman says, one of the women says to me, so what did you and your wife do this weekend? I said, well, my husband and I went wine tasting in Temecula. I knew this could go south or this could just... and." Suddenly I was the most welcome guy in the room. Oh my gosh, huh. we have our gay dad. <laughs> gay dad, right? Now it didn't always go that well because other situations showed up like that. But even in my current workspace where I work for another company, I have never shied away from being who I am. But I also am respectful that it only shows up where it plays into the normal culture of the workspace but I'm not going to go fly the flag, so to speak. Like, you know, I I do stand up. There are times I've stood up and said, "Um, I think we need to be more inclusive in this organization. Not inclusive because of gay, inclusive as an organization. Those are the places where I think a lot of people get tripped up is they don't know how they want to navigate that. And they got to get really clear that whatever is keeping them from navigating into showing up in their business or starting a business or any of that stuff or going for that promotion um, is because there's that pebble in the shoe 
of the experience that you've had. It's what we call in coaching. Like you're, you're allowing the assumption to get in the way of you doing what you need to go do because it's Mm -hmm. happened in the past. You believe it's going to happen again. And once you can break the assumption, you can move forward. Okay. So one thing that I, I'm not a part of the community, so I can't speak for the community. But right. one thing that I, has always kind of thrown me off a little bit is the alphabets, right? There's mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. different groups of people in this LGBTQ plus community that sometimes they, you know, they don't always agree on what is the right course of action for advocating for each other because fact of the matter is maybe they shouldn't all be lumped in as this one large group, but we as people have to put people in boxes and that's just one box that we put people in. But what do you think, what role do you think people in the LGBTQ plus community play in advocating for broader LGBTQ plus rights and equality? This is a great question and it's one of my hot buttons. I love my community, every letter of that alphabet, but even I get confused. I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and I'm not that old. Okay. I mean, okay. Right. I'm getting ready to turn 60, but I mean, I, I, I grew up, I'm a child of flower children. So okay. I mean, come right. on. Free love was at the soul of who my family life was for a bit when we lived in Northern California. Um, I often feel like I want everybody to be heard mm-hmm. and I want everybody to be seen. Now, if you listen to what I just said, I want everybody to be heard and I want everybody to be seen. I also want everybody to be understood. Mm. And if that's the only way you can be seen, heard, and understood, that doesn't mean I have to buy into you. But at least I've been, you've been seen, you've been heard, and I did my best to understand you. I may still not like you, and that's okay. But I think that's what happens is even in the LGBTQ plus community, there's actually some discord. Like, why can't it just be gay pride and not LGBTQIA plus pride, right? Well, because we all advocated around gender and sexuality. That's the core of all of this. And it does get difficult. And I try to be open-minded myself at times, but sometimes I got to be honest. I don't, I don't know how to navigate it at times. I, even when I interview people who are, you know, either transgender, I don't have, I don't struggle with that like I used to. The first time I interviewed somebody, I'm like, I just can't. I actually am coaching somebody right now who's gender non-conforming that's in my other business. And they present themselves as a very masculine, bearded, what we would say, man. Mm-hmm. So every so often I'm going to go, hey, man. And I mm-hmm. always go, <laughs> you know, I do that dance right. in that moment. Yeah. Luckily, they are very embracing because they know I am an ally. One of the things I've been told numerous times when I've had those mistakes, they're like, at least you're trying. Right. Yes. And I think that's the thing is if we would all try, which again, there's so many divides right now in our world that it's really hard sometimes for people to try. But when you've tried and the other part doesn't try, that's where there's the real discord. To your question, I feel like the biggest thing anybody in my own community can do is to remember you had your struggle. Mm. You walked your path and you came mm-hmm. out of your closet. Let's be empathetic to those who are finding their path, regardless of what letter of the alphabet they are. Right. 
Yeah. I, so I've learned in my personal life, uh, I dated a woman who had three children and the oldest was nonconforming. Mm-hmm. And so my girlfriend at the time said, you know, can you use the pros, pronouns they, them? I said, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a really strong effort to never mess up every now and then I would. And, and, and I would apologize when I said he mm-hmm. or man, uh, to them. And, and they would say, that's okay. You don't have to apologize. You're doing better than my dad. And I was like, well, okay. Uh, thank you. Bonus points for I Bruce. Still, there we go. Right. But, but I, you know, I'm still trying to get better at this and I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I got in an mm-hmm. argument with somebody about this the, a, a month ago about not wanting to use pronouns. And I said, if I changed my name and I said to call me this, you would do it. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you changed your name. Well, just acknowledge that these are the pronouns of which this person wants to be called by. I don't understand how you don't understand that or how it's so difficult for you. Well, I don't understand how it's so difficult for you. Uh, Enough about me. Back to you. No, but you brought up something that's really important. I don't care where you are on the spectrum. Even even those who are in the gender nonconforming space will, if they're being authentic and unapologetic about who they are, they will admit it was hard for them at first too. It was hard for them at first to embrace. Okay. Okay. Here's where we are. Yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about help at people, the different groups in the LGBTQ plus community advocating for one another. How can they support each other in their businesses? Oh, this is such an interesting question. Just because I'm gay doesn't mean I'm only going to support gay businesses. Mm-hmm. I'm going to advocate for them. I have good friends here that in my hometown that I live in that they they have a business. I support them when I can. They happen to be you know a business that I don't have a lot of need to support that kind of a business because it's just not something I buy all the time. But I believe in like referring people. I refer in mm-hmm. like, hey, if I can find somebody who does something like a specialty. I would much rather give it to anybody. It's kind of like a wine club membership. I'm not going to just, you know, I'm a big wino. I mean, huge wino, like 400 (laughs) bottled collection wino. Okay. Okay. That doesn't mean I'm going to go support every winery in the county here. I'm going to find the wineries that I click with, that I like, that I feel attuned to. And if that experience is what I enjoyed, I'm probably going to become a wine club member. It's the same thing. And I I guess because this has become a hot button issue, just because somebody designs a website doesn't mean they're the website designer for you. Mm -hmm. So find Mm -hmm. where you want to be supportive. I will always support my community, but just because you're a gay business owner doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to hire you just because, well, it's kind of like they do in, in, in the black folk community. Oh, you must know so-and-so, right? Mm. Just because I'm yeah. gay doesn't mean I know everybody. Just because I'm like, gay doesn't mean I'm going to go by. Yes, I want to be yeah. supportive. And I know you know that in the black community. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to support a brother. If, But if not if they just because they have a business. If the business sucks, yeah. I'm not going to go in there. Yeah, we will support each other. Yes. But we're, but we're not going to go out of our way uh, to support each other. Well, we will go. It it has to be reasonable. Let me put it that way. It has, it has to be, be reasonable. reasonable. That's a really good way to put it, Bruce. 
Uh, to I got to get you out of here on this one last question because I know our time is running short. Can you share some tips or strategies for anyone who is struggling with their sexuality or feeling trapped in the closet? Mm. What is their first steps towards embracing their unapologetic life? First step forward is to admit you are absolutely confused, to really own that confusion. Because when you can own that confusion, how do you get out of being confused? You start getting curious. That doesn't mean go hook up with somebody. That means start exploring. Well, what is causing these feelings? What do I know to be true? Hey, am I sitting in the back seat checking out the women on the beach? I'm not, but you know, your family member you're talking about did. Um, ask the questions because as soon as you start getting curious, you're going to start getting answers. You cannot define, quote, who you are without being curious. And as you get more curious, that's what helps you build the courage to take the next best step. Just because you kind of go, okay, yes, I realize I am attracted doesn't mean, okay, rainbow flag out, let's go. You're going to find the path forward. And in that courage is where you start to find that beautiful commitment to like, I'm committing to me. I'm committing my truth. I'm committing to being honest about everything. But it all starts by owning your confused, getting curious, building the courage, and then committing. Because as you start to commit to, yes, I own this for myself, and this applies to anybody, you start to build your confidence. And with confidence comes that ability to consistently start to show up as who you're meant to be in the world. And what I just ran through is exactly my six-step process for taking anybody out of whatever closet that it is. I did this with a CEO of an organization. He's like, I'm absolutely miserable sitting here in the corner office. I'm like, okay, well, what's causing that confusion about being there? And he went through a whole litany of stuff. I'm tired of the pressure, but I really like having this. I really want to like do something where I'm almost not seen, but I want to be heard. But sometimes I'm heard too much. Sometimes I'm just seen and everybody, just, you know. So there was all this confusion about what he was, right? We started asking lots of deep questions. We spent probably a good month and a half just let's be questioning why you are where you are. What are you doing? Why, why is this important to you? If this isn't important to you, what would be? When you start getting those answers, Bruce, it's amazing how suddenly the fires start to light. Yeah. You start to see the path forward. You feel the courage starting to build. You realize for you, yes, I can do this, but here's the interesting thing. Most of the time when anybody gets to that, okay, I'm feeling really courageous. I'm really, really, yeah, they don't commit because the commitment means you're really trusting yourself. You're really seeing the way forward and you don't know what's on the other side. None of us know what's on the other side, but in the courage to the commitment piece is where I really work with them on. You're going to have to operate on faith. You're going to have to fully operate on faith to make this happen. And then the other two pieces just kind of, I wouldn't say they magically fall in place, but it's so interesting that all of it kind of works together. But the thing most people are struggling to get to is permission to do it, the values to align, and the confidence to do it their own way. That's the keys. That's that's beautiful. And I couldn't I couldn't top off the end of this interview any better. Rick, I want to thank you for coming mm. on the show, enlightening us, uh, giving us such great information, coming with such great energy. Uh, because sometimes, you know, people get on these with the bad boys and they don't have a lot of energy and I have mm. to carry everything. But uh, you being a fellow podcaster, just great energy, uh, great insight. And I can't thank you enough for coming on. Well, thank you. And thank you for letting me be part of this. And I want to end by saying one thing that always is like 
the, it's the motivation piece. Just remember this. The truth of who you are is far more powerful than the false truth you're pretending to be. So show the world who you are. Once again, I want to thank Rick for coming on the show. I, I mean, I always make it a point on this podcast to interview interesting people that have interesting stories to tell. I'm just generally fascinated by people. I know it's weird because I'm way more introverted than I am extroverted, but uh, I still, I, I'm fascinated by people and I love people. And being able to talk to people from different walks of life um, that live in spaces that I don't live in, that I can learn and expand my knowledge of just anything, anything that I am ignorant of. Uh, I'm always looking forward to it. And Rick like gave just dropped gems. He dropped gems throughout the entire interview uh, that I'm going to take away and 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 learn from and grow from some of the things that he was saying as far as you know, being unapologetically yourself. Yes. I went out and I started this podcast. People close to me, some of them had no idea that I was going to do it. Some people close to me know that I've been talking about doing something like this for years. One of the greatest regrets that I have in my life is at the age 18, I was such a fan of professional wrestling, such a fan. And my parents have always been extremely supportive of, of me. I went to my dad and this was the summer of my freshman year of college. And I said, hey, dad, there's this wrestling school. What do you think about me going to wrestling school? He was like, you love wrestling. You should go to wrestling school. I didn't go to the wrestling school. Who knows what would have become of my life had I gone to the wrestling school? Because guess what? I still watch wrestling today. So you have regrets in life. And being unapologetically yourself and embracing the things that make you scared to take those chances uh, is important. And, and a lot of things that Rick had to say, I feel like a lot of people out there are in that closet. And some of them know about it. Some people don't know about it. And hopefully y'all learned something from this like I did, that you took something away from this like I did, and that you find some way to pull yourself out of the closet. I pulled myself out of the closet by finally starting this podcast and expressing myself artistically. I've always been an artistic person and never knew exactly how to do it. And this podcast has helped me. And I love doing it. I love the fact that you guys are listening. I love the fact that I can get great guests like Rick on the show and have really engaging conversations that people can actually learn from. Because let's not forget, at the heart of me, I'm an educator. That's what I went to school for. So learning is so vital and you should never stop learning. Because without learning, you don't continuously evolve. You want to continuously try to become the best person that you can be. So you want to keep learning. And so I'm going to keep educating. I'm going to keep bringing people on the show that's going to give us their unsolicited perspectives. Well, it's actually solicited, but their perspectives um, of, of their view of the world and the world that they, they live in. And once again, I want to thank Rick for coming on the show. I want to thank you for listening and for watching and for supporting the show. 
Don't forget to like, share, comment, donate, all that good stuff. Uh, jump on our webpage. We have a webpage where we have all the information for the show, uh, all of the videos, all the audio, uh, all, our donation page, um, the bios for all the people that we interview. It's still a work in progress. There's going to be more things added to it each and every day, but it gives you all the information and you can share that webpage to any and everybody that that you feel like would gain something from listening and watching our show. So please share, like, comment. Thank you again for listening and watching. And until next time, as always, I'll holla. Thank you for listening to Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Please subscribe, like, comment, share, and donate. Donations help us keep giving you this free content each and every week. Until next time, Audi 5000. Peace.